So right away when this pandemic quarantine stuff started, and I realized that a lot of us were going to be thinking more deeply about the future with a sense of uncertainty and fear, I was like, who are the people who are most equipped to help us navigate these pathways? And I realized it's people who have dealt with extreme panic attacks and anxiety in the past. And my friend Amber Shore is one of those people who has dealt with this because of the way the Lord's gifted and shaped her personality. Has So the thing, same thing that opens her up to sense the Lord and hear him more clearly also opens her up to potentially hear uh, other stuff that's not the Lord more clearly and be more sensitive to it. So I asked her some questions. First question that I asked her was, what does a panic attack feel like? It feels like you lose control. It feels like you're hopeless. You feel dread. You feel all of these terrible feelings. Your heart races. You sweat. You shake. You can't sleep. You can't eat. It's just terrible. It feels like hopeless. It feels dark. And it feels like a spirit of heaviness. Second question. What have you learned about how the spiritual realm interacts with our thoughts in everyday life? Not every thought that I have is my own. Whoa, okay, so that's a big deal right there. Not every thought that runs through my mind is organic with me. There's my spirit's thoughts from the Holy Spirit. There's My carnal thoughts, there's thoughts from other people that I might be picking up on, and there's evil spirits' thoughts that I could be picking up on. So it's definitely taught me that you need discernment. Um, You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know who your Father is. You need to know that He's loved, that He's good, that He is happy with you. He's pleased with you. He's not accusing you. He's there reminding you of who you are. You know, even when we do something wrong and there is correction, it's not like we think of it. It's correction like, you know, you're you're a loving person. You don't act like that. You don't need to act like that. You know, he reminds us of who we are. It's not, he doesn't deal with us in behavior modification. He reminds us of who we are. When we know who we are, we act accordingly. When we know who we are, we act accordingly. I've learned that you can be attacked spiritually in your mind, and that can be very scary. It happened to me. It's happened to me several times, and I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was going to wind up being put away somewhere. It's also taught me that, you know, in my mind, I can hear God. I don't hear him like I hear like a knock on the door, like I hear him in my mind. And so I've spent a lot of time navigating my mind and trying to figure out and discern what his voice sounds like, what mine sounds like, and what an outside voice sounds like. And I navigate the waters in my mind that way. Third question. Can you talk a little bit more about how to recognize spiritual atmospheres uh, so that they don't just control us, and also maybe even how to shift those spiritual atmospheres. Um, There was a point in my life where I was first learning about this, first coming into it, where I would just get so shook by a negative atmosphere. If someone had negativity uh, surrounding them, like a negative energy, 
whether it be spiritual, whether it be just something they were carrying personally. I couldn't even be around them. I couldn't stand the feelings that I was feeling when I'd be near that person or those people. But I really just had no grid for it. I didn't know how. I hadn't yet acclimated in my gift enough to know that um, I could shift the atmosphere, that I wasn't just a thermometer, but I was also, also a thermostat and that I could shift those atmospheres. Oh, that is so stinking good. You and I are meant to be thermostats, right? Affecting the environment, not thermometers, reflecting the environment. Um, with my words, with my prayers, even with sometimes just a smile and just changing my awareness to say I'm seated in Christ, nothing can change that. And I have control over my space and I would just release love and anything that the Holy Spirit was having me release in the atmosphere at that time. You know, there was once when I was in the store and I was next to this little girl and all of a sudden I had this intense feeling of like dread and just sorrow and grief and sadness. And I looked at her and I can't explain to you how I knew, but I just knew that she was being sexually abused. And of course, I'm not going to say anything or like do anything like that, but it was just a really beautiful opportunity for me to be able to just quietly pray for her with in myself and while I was in line. And then when I got to the car to just really release God's protection over her. And, you know, when we're obedient and we do things like that, he, he can move and make things happen. Not only do we shift atmospheres, but we also create atmospheres. So we're creative beings. We're made in God's image. So we have the authority, whether we're using it in a good way or a bad way, we're constantly creating and shifting atmospheres all day long, all of us collectively as human beings. Fourth question, you've said in the past that we have, as a church, not taught enough about renewing our mind and taking our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. Talk, talk to me about why is that so important and what can we do about that? You know, as a man thinks, so is he. Where his mind goes, there he goes. You know, there's scriptures about like a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So there's so much truth to... If your mind can be transformed and renewed, that's what repentance is. It's renewing your mind, the metanoia, the renewing of your mind, the transforming of your mind. You know, repentance isn't um, crying and saying you're sorry. Yes, that's appropriate a lot of times. That's godly sorrow for something that you did wrong. But the actual repentance is where your mind has a change. There's a shift in your thinking, there's a, a shift in your mindset. Um, and it's not just about doing wrong or doing right. I'm not even just talking about that. I'm also talking about the way we think about ourselves, the way we see other people, the way we see God, the negative self-talk that we are saying to ourselves every day, you know, changing something that seems as silly as that is is changing your mind is re, is repenting is renewing your mind you know god doesn't say all the negative things that i say about myself every day that i still struggle with he's not saying that so for me to 
repent and renew my mind to what he is saying would be to agree with what he has said about me. And this highlights like how important it is to really know your Bible, but not to know your Bible to earn brownie points with God, but rather to know your Bible so that you can believe God and be transformed. Renewing our minds really starts with our identity in Christ. Who do we think we are? Who do we believe we are? Who do we believe God is? What do we think he's like? To seek that out and and find it and really know it, grasp it and understand the truth of God, that God is love. And from there, we can begin to build a foundation to take these thoughts captive and retrain our mind to think in alignment with what he says, what the truth is. I need you to make it as practical as you possibly can. Like, tell me how to do this thing. I always had this thing, like I always felt weak and cowardly and just like intimidated by everything. So one of the ways that I would renew my mind on a daily basis, as I would say all throughout the day, greater is he who lives in me than he who is in the world. Through Christ, I can do all things. Yes, all things. And I would say that over and over again. When I felt disconnected from him, I would renew my mind by saying, he is the vine, I am the branch, and I abide in the vine. And I just say that over and over again. So renewing your mind definitely takes discipline. It takes practice and application and work because it's a repetitive thing because your mind is a program. And for it to be reprogrammed, you have to keep feeding it um, the things that it needs to reprogram. So if you've done nothing but, you know, have negative self-talk, have people talk down to you your whole life, you've always felt worthless, you've been fearful, you know, all the things that I've had that, I, that I've walked through, it's going to take time. Say there's a rubber band ball, like a big rubber band ball, and all these rubber bands are tied around this little rubber ball in the center, and the rubber ball in the center is you, your true you at your core. And one by one, to get to that, you're going to have to take these rubber bands off one by one by one. You can't just get to it at once. You have to slowly take these off and they have to be taken off in a sort of certain order. So with God, I feel like that's what he's done with me is he's graciously and patiently removed one of those rubber bands, one at a time, one lie at a time and replaced it with truth. And that's the journey that I'm still on and I'm enjoying, enjoying that journey and that process still. Fifth question, final question. If you could text message the past, uh, what would you say to younger version of yourself on this topic? I would quote to her Romans 8, 38 and, not, and 39 in the Passion tra- Translation. And that talks about how there's nothing that can separate us from God's unconditional love. I would also tell my younger self that God is a big God and this a little devil. I always felt like the evil and darkness was so much more powerful than the the good and the love and God and his light and his love. And I just would tell myself to put that in the right perspective, to put that in check. And I would tell myself that I have all power and authority to live the life that I want, that I've been equipped with everything I need to 
live the life that God has given me. I would also tell my younger self to ask and you'll receive. When I was younger, I'd always be scared to ask him for anything. And he really does want us to ask him for things. That's all throughout scripture. It's not name it and claim it. It's the prodigal son's older brother. He's like, well, you never did a party for me. He said, you never asked. He said, you have not because you asked not. You know, it's all throughout the scripture to ask God and he'll give it to you. Wisdom, knowledge, capabilities to do things, um, to equip you with things. I tell myself to be patient and kind with myself and not to despise small beginnings and to enjoy the journey and the process and not be so worried about the destination. Just enjoy my process because it's the process is precious to God. I would also tell myself to be slow to speak and quick to listen. A lot of times I would learn new things and they were truths, but sometimes they were like half truths and There were so many things that I would spout off about and just go on rants about. And I just couldn't wait to, you know, talk about to every person. I didn't have much wisdom and discernment with how I delivered things and could be very in your face and kind of like agenda driven to push my ideas on people instead of share from a place of love and connection. I wish I could say that I've never done that, but that would be a lie. (laughs) To not give up and to just keep beholding him and remembering my why as to why I'm a Christian, why I believe in this faith. And that's because I fell in love with a God who radically rescued me out of the darkest pit of my life and I didn't let go from that moment, and I'll never let go. I can't let go. He won't let me let go. (laughs) Thanks so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this. If it really piqued your interest, Amber probably has a lot more that she could say. I've asked her to keep it brief, and she did a great job of that. But she has so much more that she would like to share with you. She continues to fight against this. I continue to fight against this. You continue to fight against this. So please pray for each other. Encourage each other. And stay in the peace of Christ. God's good. Love you guys. Bye.